Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. You, you ever done something right and uh, paid the price for it? There, there's an old saying that that goes that you know no good deed goes unpunished, and um, you know there there's been many times, uh, just as it has been with you, as it has been with me, that uh, we tried to do the right thing and it just kind of all fell apart and you know doesn't work or something, but. You know that that I can think of, and I mean it's happened a lot of times. Uh, you know, I, I think the problem with with most of the world today is is they never had to work uh, cattle with their with their dad or their granddad, and they don't know how to take a butt chewing. But um, you know, there's been a couple of times in my life, not just with my dad, where I did something right working on a ranch and just got nailed for it you know, by the boss, and then later on the Cowboys come up to you and they're like, hey man, don't worry about that because you did exactly the right thing. I don't care who, what he says or anything. And you're like, well, that's all good and well, but did you, you know, I ain't got a left cheek anymore, you know, because of, because of what did. And, you know, after I moved up here, one, not that I've moved up here more than once, one time after I had moved up here, I didn't know many people, but there was this one guy that I that I'd known, and he was trying to help me with save the cowboy. And I, I guarantee you, I hadn't been here one week. And he's like, he just dropped by the house. He's like, hey, what are you doing? I was like, well, you know, unpacking, you know, the normal stuff. He's like, well, come on, we're gonna go do some cowboy stuff, you know. And there was no horses or anything, but he had a trailer. And I was like, well, what? Are, he's like, I just, need, I just need a little bit of help, if you don't mind. So, you know, being new to the community and everything, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll go do that. So we get in the truck and we go somewhere over here, kind of south of Kubota, where he had his horses. And, and we get there and we back up and, and he's got this, this big stock trailer and he said, uh, I'm going to have to move my horses and I've got to go look for something in this big tack barn and his horses were there and everything. And he said, but I, I got to start moving. He said, would you start loading that hay in the trailer? And you know, I, I didn't bring any gloves. I didn't bring anything and I am deathly allergic, not deathly, but I am allergic to hay, big time. But, you know, you're trying to be cool, and he's like, I'm just going to go in here and look for something, and I'll be right back. So I'm like, all right, man, you can get through this, man. Just, just do it. So, you know, I grabbed the first bell. You know, these bells weighed like 450 pounds, it seemed like. And so, I, you know, I step up into the trailer, and I walk up there, and I stack it, and I come back. And I get 10 or 15 of these bales loaded, and he's not back yet. So I'm like, you know, by this time, you know, I've lost my left eye. I can't see anymore. And, but I, I just keep going over there. You know, I just basically just stick my old asthma inhaler in my mouth, and I just slam it up against the side of the trailer as I'm going along here loading this hay. 
And I, out of the 50 or 60 bales, I bet I loaded 40 to 45 of them by myself. And he walks out and he goes, what are you doing? And I'm like, if he tells me to unload any of this hay, I'm walking back because he's going to be dead. And I was like, well, what do you mean, what am I doing? You know, by now that, that you know, I'm the new preacher in town, I'm going to be nice to everybody. That has gone out the window. And he's like, well, what are you doing? And, or said, what's the problem or something like that, you know. And, I, I, and I'm looking at him through two swollen eyes. I have snot just dripping off of me, and I'm turning, my lips are blue from asthma, and I've got whelps all over my hands, and I mean, I hate hay. If I can't move hay with a tractor, I just won't hardly do it. And I said, me and hay don't get along. And he said something along the lines of, well, I don't think it's the hay that's the problem. Looks to me like you don't even know how to work. <laughs> yeah, it didn't go very well after that. But you know, you try to do the right thing. You try to do the right thing and help people out or something like that. And, and it, just, it just doesn't work out like you expect it to. You know, this week, um, I had shared on social media about the simplified cowboy version that I wrote. And it's not a Bible, but it's a Bible paraphrase. It looks like a Bible because it has chapter and verse, but it is not a Bible by any means. I just went and did a verse-by-verse -verse paraphrase, kind of in cowboy language of, uh, you know, what I thought the Bible was saying. The whole point of that is so that people can say, well, I don't understand the Bible. Well, read this, and then I would hope that they would read it and go, okay, I understand that. Is that really what the Bible says? And they would go to the real Bible, okay? Not my simplified cowboy version. But I had, I had posted on there that it's in editing right now. It's being professionally edited and designed and put together, and I'm very excited about it. And, you know, due to the generosity of, of our Long X Ranch Cowboys, all the money was donated. It's being published by Save the Cowboy. It's going to reach hundreds of thousands, I believe. All from Kiowa, Colorado. And so I shared that, right? And so many people were so supportive. Like, oh, man, where do we order it? And I'm like, mm -hmm. And well, it's not ready yet, but you know, anyway, just so much support. But there's always that one. There's always that one. You know, I've received hate mail ranging from calling me an idiot to those that look forward to me burning in hell. And I'm not joking. You will get your just due when you burn in hell for what you're doing. Okay? I've had actual death threats. Not, not like, you know, like I'm fixing to drive to your house and shoot you. But, you know, don't be surprised if something bad happens to you because of this. And, you know, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's crazy. You know, 
But the sad part is that most of those come from supposedly Christians. Because this lost person over here, he don't, even, he don't even read the Bible. He don't even know the Bible paraphrases. He don't care what I'm doing. But these other people, man, supposedly Christian brothers and sisters just attacking you, wanting you to burn in hell and blah, 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 blah. You know, if you don't like it, don't read it. How about praying for people whenever you disagree with them instead of doing something else? You know, if you don't like it, don't look at it, don't read it, don't buy it, whatever. But this guy said this, and I'm quoting, Who on this earth is qualified to interpret the Word of God? That is about the most arrogant thing I have ever heard or read. Well, I guess probably the people that are qualified are the ones that, you know, translated it from Greek and Hebrew into English so you could read it. But that's another point. That's another point. But sometimes we suffer for doing good things. Sometimes we suffer for doing good things. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 10, Jesus himself, Sermon on the Mount, says, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Jesus, in this passage, although I do need to clarify, everybody suffers whether you're a Christian or not. Jesus is saying that God is going to bless you for suffering for what is right. In other words, for following Him. Persecuted for doing right. Jesus is only talking about suffering because you did right, not wrong, okay? He's not going to say, well, you know, you stuck your finger in a light socket, peed yourself, You're not going to get blessed for that. Okay, that was dumb. Okay, but when you follow God and and people talk crass about you and, and blah, 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 man, God, there's a special blessing waiting on those who do what is right and suffer for it. You know, what might some of those things be? Now, these are pretty extreme. But you know, this is being thrown into prison for preaching. And that happens. That happens in some other countries. This is having your home ransacked because you had a Bible. Your home burned down because they found a Bible in it. That happens in other countries. This is being beaten because you follow Christ. That happens around the world. This means you are denied basic human rights because you won't bow down to anyone but God. That happens. But we are blessed by God for it. These blessings are only reserved for those that suffer from persecution. There is a special blessing waiting on those who are persecuted for following God. 
there's a special blessing. And in the next verse, in the next verse, Jesus goes on and He says, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Once again, he opens it up and he's like, you know what? You're going to be blessed when this happens. You are going to be blessed when this happens. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. See, people's going to make fun of you, lie about you, maybe even talk nine kinds of crud about you. How many times have you heard or seen or experienced being called a Jesus freak or a Bible thumper? Oh, you just want them Bible thumpers. Well, you know, this comes from the old time, you know, preachers pounding on the pulpit, you know, and stuff like that. And, you know, hell is hot and half full. And, you know, uh, this is what God says, and there's no two ways about it. Those are Bible thumpers, right? But ask yourself, do you believe those things? Or do you just try to, you know, gloss things over so nobody get their feelings hurt or anything like that? You know what? I, I think that really in the grand scheme of things, um, not in a bad way per se, but I think we need a little more Bible thumping in today's society. Instead of, well, just believe in Jesus. You can do whatever else you want. But as long as you believe in Jesus, you're going to be fine. You can keep doing all these other things that you've always done that's totally against the Bible, and it's fine. And I'd be a little bit careful with that. People will say things about you that just aren't true. People will say things about you that just are not true. This world is built upon the belief that one must rise by putting someone else down. Think about it. That's the way this world operates. I am going to rise to a new station by crawling over the top of others. It happens all the time. You can't turn that stupid TV on without seeing something in, in that in that manner where people are putting other people down so that they feel better about themselves. And especially Christians. Man, Christians are the scapegoat for so many things. So when people talk bad about you and lie about you, you're going to be blessed for it. As long as you don't hit them with a two-by-four. I mean, you know, I mean, there's like some caveats to that. I don't know that you'll be blessed you know, for, you know, cutting somebody's tongue out. Not that you would, but, you know, as long as you, you still continue to act right and not throat punch them, no matter how much it would make you feel better, just take the blessing and go. They will slander you in public. I've had people try to ruin my ministry because they didn't like something I said, or usually it's because I didn't do something their way. Well, you need to do this. Well, that doesn't really fit in with what I think God's leading me to do. Well, you're sorry, son of a gun. Okay. Why do people do this? 
Because darkness hates the light. Darkness hates the light. The light will always be attacked by darkness. But we are blessed by God for it. In each of these passages, it starts off with God blesses you. When? You suffer for doing right. And in the very next verse, we've done 10, we've done 11, and then 12. (laughs) He doesn't start off by saying God blesses you this time. He says, be happy about it. Well, that's a little easier said than done, isn't it? Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way, Matthew 5.12. Your reward will one day be worth all of the pain. If you will continue in a Christ-like manner, not repaying evil with evil, but repaying evil with good, if you will keep on keeping on, and if you learn to be happy about it, your reward, your, I mean, you can't say that, those two words together. The reward that you will receive will be more than worth it. You'll be able to look back from heaven and go, you know what? The worst of my problems were so minuscule compared to what I have received. Suffering for doing right doesn't mean that you've done something wrong. See, there's not a person in the Bible that didn't follow God in the Old Testament or follow follow Jesus in the New Testament that wasn't persecuted. So we know that we will suffer, right? You're going to suffer. If you're doing it right, if you are truly following God, at some point in time you're going to suffer for your walk with God. How do we get through it? How do we get through it? Well, I think the very first thing that we need to do is know that we don't have to worry or be afraid of what we're going through. We do not have to worry or be afraid of what we're going through. I didn't say it. Peter did in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 14. He says, but even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Who cares what they're talking about? God is telling us right here, man, just let it slide off your back. Don't worry. If somebody else believes them, they wouldn't believe you if you argued your point. You can defend yourself or you can let God defend you. But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. You know what worry is, really? Worry is a prayer about what you don't want to happen. Worry is praying about what you don't want to happen. It's like the opposite. It's a bad prayer. Worry is. Worrying is a type of thinking. 
instead of thinking about bad things, remind yourself over and over and over that you are blessed because of this. You are blessed. Instead of worrying about it, just keep reminding yourself. Say, man, I'm being blessed right now because of this dude acting like an idiot. These people treating me bad is doing nothing but heaping blessings upon me. Why am I going to worry about being blessed? If you want to get through suffering and persecution, don't worry or be afraid. Because worrying is a sin. I'm going to give you a little chance to understand what I'm talking about in the Simplified Cowboy Version, where I'm going to read you something out of it. Remember it, write it down, something. Go see if, you're, if the real Bible says something real close to this. In Luke 21, 34, Jesus says, Be careful. Worrying about life is as bad as partying all night and coming home drunk. Don't let any of these things happen to you. Think about that, man. Jesus is saying that you, know, you would think it was a sin to go out carousing and doing all of this stuff, partying and coming home wasted. That's a sin. Jesus says that worrying is the exact same thing. You wouldn't do this one, so don't do this one. Be careful. Worrying about life is as bad as partying all night and coming home drunk. Don't let any of these things happen to you. Go see if it doesn't say something real close to that. Luke 21, 34. You want to, get, you want to know how to get through persecution? You want to learn how to know or know how to get through suffering? Don't worry or be afraid. Step number one. Step number two. You got to be a little patient. You got to be a little patient. In James chapter 1, verse 12, the brother of Jesus says, be, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love them. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. We can suffer from testing and temptation. You know, testing that God allows grows our faith. Temptation that God allows grows our strength. The world doesn't suffer temptation. It revels in it. It looks for it. James says to patiently endure. Patiently endure testing and temptation. You want to be able to get through suffering and persecution? You, then you're going to have to don't worry or be afraid of it. Number two, you're going to have to be patient. James says to patiently endure. Kevin says, never give up, never give in, no explanation, no excuses. Kevin is also working hard on that one because he's not very good at it. Okay? And finally, you want to know how to get through surf, suffering and persecution? You got to finish. You got to finish. The three greatest words ever uttered were recorded by the disciple John, the only disciple that was at the cross to hear him in person. 
And he writes them down in John 19.30 where he says, and then after Jesus asked for a drink, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Jesus says, it is finished. He came to do the work that God gave him to do, to live a perfect life without sin and then be punished on the cross for all of our sins so that he would become sin for us and be punished for it and we would become the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus, washed clean, spotless for all of eternity. You want to get through suffering and persecution? You've got to finish you have got to finish. Jesus finished his work. Paul finished running his race. He says, I've run the race. I've done all I could. Peter finished by being crucified upside down. John finished at an old age. All of them and more finished. Resolve yourself today to finish what God has started in you. And you know what? You'll be blessed. And you will be glad. Maybe not today. But definitely for eternity. Let's go to God in prayer. God, help us through this suffering so that we may help others do the same. We look forward to the reward. And I pray that none of us shrink away in fear while victory is so close. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.